You're listening to Your High Self Podcast, episode 38, Knowing Who You Are Using Human Design with Erin Claire Jones. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest in your mind today and doing it with me. If you are new, welcome. My name is Shanae and I'm your host. I'm a retired WBFF Bikini Pro here to help you on your journey to your highest self with the personal development tools, skills, and knowledge to go from self-conscious to self-confident. Yay! If you are a returning listener, how do you like the new tagline? Super fun, huh? Um, We are still talking about fitness and nutrition um, mindset, so don't y'all worry. Um, But before we get into the intro of today's show, I just wanted to take a moment to share a few things that were on my heart about what's currently happening in our world right now. So we've got, we're like right smack in the middle of a pandemic, um, in case you are listening to this years from now. And I'll definitely be recording a solo podcast later this week, just like a bonus episode to share more because I have a lot to say. But for today, I just wanted to send you my love. I hope you are safe. I hope you are well. And I'm truly, truly thinking of everyone during these unprecedented times. Um, I've been doing like just hanging out a lot more on Instagram and in the Your Highest Self Facebook group. I'm trying to be as supportive as I can with extra content just on to help you like handle this uncertainty and just this plain scary time that we're living through. So this is the part where life coaching, I think, is so helpful because when we learn to manage our mindset and manage our thoughts, we can be in more control of our feelings. And despite being in a time when the circumstance in the world is um, kind of scary, this is a really good opportunity for us to look within and do the deep work and also um, be aware of like different patterns that might come up. So anyhow, um, because of all this, a lot of people are feeling anxiety. A lot of people are feeling stressed out. Um, we're all kind of, you know, you might be find yourself going back to negative patterns. Because of that, I'm going to be hosting a virtual self-care retreat on Monday, May 23rd at 6 p.m., just to lend you some more support. So I'm really excited to do this virtual self-care retreat. I was actually going to do an in-person retreat in June, but I decided to hold off on going forward with the plans just because like, we don't know what's going to happen in June. So why not do it now? Um, so in this retreat, like when you walk away from it, you're going to have your own self-care routine. So uh, your own morning and evening routine. Um, you're going to have a method for managing your mindset. We're going to set many goals for you so that you can focus on bringing more of a positive impact to yourself. Um, What I firmly believe is that when we can have little mini goals that we focus on, we will be much more focused on creation rather than consumption. And that's really going to help anxiety, stress eating, worries, um, and also procrastination and buffering that might also be happening because you're just constantly thinking about what's going on outside of you. And then um, last but not least, of course, a community of like-minded women here to support and inspire you. So um, the sign-up registration link is down below. Again, it's totally free. And if you can't make it live, still sign up so you can get the replay um, because there's going to be some really, really good information in there and it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you just need, um, 
it's it's such an amazing feeling getting on video chat and seeing other people's faces, especially as we are all quarantined right now. I've been on a couple different virtual happy hours and it really does make a difference to feel kind of connected to a community. So um, please come. And again, all the details are down below to sign up. So now about today's episode, this week we're sitting down with Erin Claire Jones to learn about human design and how we can use that information to reach our highest potential. So I fell in love with human design when I first stumbled across Erin's page last year, um, and I talk about it in this episode, but I basically went down the rabbit hole, learned all the things, uh, took her up on all her offerings, and as I dove deeper into it, what I've realized is that it's really been an amazing modality that's helped me give me permission to be myself. And so I'm super excited to bring it to you so that you can also have these tools to know yourself better too. And we've all got some extra time on our hands. So um, grab your chart. Um, If you just go down to the show notes, I have it linked up for you. Um, You're going to go to erinclairjones.com forward slash lookup, which is all just one word to get your chart. You're going to need your birthday, your birthplace, and your time of birth. So go and just pause me. Go ahead and do that. Bring up your chart. So when we're talking about this, you kind of have a really good idea of... um, Um, how it's going to relate to you. Okay. So grab your chart and join us for a super deep conversation. I'm just going to give you um, a quick rundown on what we talk about. We're going to talk about the five types of within human design, what it means to be in the wisdom and shadow of certain aspects of our design, a deep dive into the ego energy center, which I'm super excited about you guys. This is like the, if your energy, ego energy center is open, then it means that you struggle with unworthiness in your shadow, which y'all know that's like one of my big things. So if you resonate with me, (laughs) I think you're going to really love that part of our conversation. Um, The different types of inner authority and how to tap into them to make aligned decisions, a tool to turn into your gut response when you don't know how after years of not listening to your intuition, some advice about the 3-5 profile, which is my own personal one. I really love what Aaron um, shared about it. And then last but not least, we talk about conditions around how we best eat with our design. And just a side note, the reason why I asked Aaron about those questions is because I want you to hear how unique we all are. There's like 2 billion different types of configurations like within human design. And especially with the eating thing, um, it's so fascinating to hear how some of us like we'd like to eat alone where there's no one there. Some of us feel like we need to eat out in public where there's a lot of people. Some of us feel like we need to have music or the TV on when we eat. And I just think it's so fascinating because if you've been on macros or on a meal plan and it's just been so hard for you to develop your lifestyle afterwards because you've been so hooked on having someone tell you what to do, um, but also that feeling really foreign and like you don't want to track your macros anymore. I think you're just going to give yourself so much more permission just when you hear her talk about all these different things because you're going to be like, oh, wow, like we're all so different. We're not all meant to eat the same. Like you're not meant to eat how your coach eats. You're not meant to eat how your friend eats. Like you're meant to figure out how you best eat. And like I always say, like we got to become a detective of our bodies so that we can build a sustainable lifestyle for ourselves. Okay. 
So that's it for me, the longest intro of the world award. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do take a screenshot, post on your story and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. And then if you want to continue this conversation, come join the Facebook group. And I hope I see you guys tonight at the self-care retreat. If you're listening to this live, it's Monday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. PST. I hope you guys have an amazing day and I really hope you enjoy this episode. So let's get into it. Hey, Erin, what's up? Welcome to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, we're like amidst the coronavirus. Um, so it's just such a nice little thing to be able to connect with you online and to see your face. And thank you so much for like offering your time for our community so that we can dive deeper into knowing who we are. Of course. I'm so happy to do it. It's so nice to connect with you again in this way. I know. I'm super excited. So I met, um, I was just telling Erin, I came across her profile in November and it was like when I was in the October, when I was in the midst of really trying to figure out like where to go with my business and you had just popped up on my explore feed. And then I binged on all the posts and on all the podcast episodes you've been on. And then ever since from there, I've actually brought human design into my coaching programs. So cool. Yeah, I love it. And then um, I recently met her in person um, at a flow workshop in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Um, so, so excited to bring you guys to her. Erin, um, can you just give us just like a little brief background on how you got into human design? I love that story. Mm-hmm. So um, we're just talking about how I repeat myself all the time. So I love that you're like, I love this story. Tell me it again. <laughs> so I bring it here. So um, I live in New York and I had historically or just previously been working in business and startups and just had the experience of observing a lot of amazing people and amazing ideas, but the teams themselves were so dysfunctional. It felt like people didn't know how to work together. And I always kind of became like a venting place where people would just like talk to me about all the things. And on the side of that, I was just always exploring different modalities. Like I've been doing that since I was, you know, like very young and just like, cause I wanted to just grow and, but I couldn't really find a way to bridge the two. And when I discovered human design, which was like so serendipitous, I was sitting at a party on the Lower East Side for those familiar with New York. And a guy sat next to me and looked at my human design on his phone. This was in 2015. I was like, I don't know what this is, but tell me everything. And the information he told me was just so resonant and also just like so practical. Like human design, as some of you may know, is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And so I think I expected the information to be a bit more esoteric, Mm -hmm. but it was just like so grounded and so simple and so actionable. And he kind of ended our conversation by being like, and we're meant to work together. I was like, what? Um, But he really was the one, my former first business partner, and now my own practice, but really taught me so much and also really taught me how we could apply human design to business. And so I think I fell in love with human design, not only for its potential on the kind of individual level to support us in aligning with our highest potential, but also on the team level and like, how can we actually build more functional, um, harmonious teams? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so many questions off the bat, but everyone, I want to give everyone a moment to bring up their charts. And if you haven't already, you just scroll onto the show notes and I'll teach you how, um, but pull up your chart, have it in front of you. We're going to, pre- we're going to assume you have it in front of you. Um, and Aaron's just going to like briefly tell you what the difference is between, um, the one, two, three, the five types, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we have manifesting generators, generators, projectors reflectors and manifestors. So for context, there are about 2 billion different configurations. So all of us are incredibly unique. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but highest level manifesting generators and generators are the people that have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen, meant to wake up in the morning with a full tank of energy, use their energy in super satisfying ways, and then kind of crash and wake up recharge. The difference between the two is that manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. You're not really meant to do just one thing or limit yourself in that way, but basically like allow yourself to kind of be very multi-passionate and the shadow, or you're not even the shadow, but sometimes they have been made to feel like they're scattered or like they're doing too much, but you kind of need that level of stimulus. Mm-hmm. So for both of those types, just taking inventory, like what is the most energizing, exciting, just like letting you up thing in your life? How can you get more energy to that? And what are the things that are just draining and depleting you? And like, how can you let go of those things? Mm-hmm. And you, and then we have projectors. Projectors are really here to kind of be our advisors, our leaders, our guides, our teachers. They're not really here to do all the doing. They don't have that same consistent access to energy. I'm a projector and basically our energy operates much more in like ebbs and flows, just like jumps and starts. Like it's just like, it's not consistent throughout the day. And our gift is really in guiding other people's energy and not always in doing all the doing. So it's really kind of learning that like their worth is not tied up in how hard their work or how much they're doing, but really in the way that they see the world. And so much of their gift is really in being sensitive to energy and kind of helping guide other people, whether that's a CEO, manager, therapist, coach, whatever it is. Um, I would ask these people, like, do you allow that? Do you honor the ebbs and flows of your energy? And also, where do you feel in your life most kind of invited in and recognized to share your guidance? And then we have manifestors, the ones that are here to initiate and get things started, to kind of make things happen. Freedom and autonomy and control are everything for them. They're really not here to be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, here to do things on their own terms in their own way. If they're going to work for a company, they need like full freedom. Or if they work for themselves, they can chart their own path. And I would ask them, like, are you really allowing yourself to be unapologetic in who you are? Because like you really are not meant to people please or fit in in any way, but like really here to kind of like stand tall in your power and trust that when you do that, you'll attract the right people. Um, And then for reflectors, about 1% of the population. So the most rare, and these are people that are really sensitive to their physical environment. And so they're kind of always taking in everything in their environment and kind of mirroring it back and like showing us the state of things. And so most important for them is to choose to be in environments that feel really good to them. Um, because they're just taking it all in um, and know that their identity is always shifting. They're going to periods where they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector. And so um, just allowing that, you know, not trying to put themselves into a box in any way. Um, and I would, yeah, my question for them is like, are you really allowing that fluidity of your identity or are you trying to put yourself into a box? Oh, I love that. So I'm a manifesting generator and I felt so seen and so heard when you told me that I'm not meant to just do like one thing at a time (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I was really getting down on myself. I mean, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a life coach. I was a former professional bodybuilder, bodybuilding coach, posing coach. I literally taught women how to walk in heels and pose and do these like routines. And (laughs) And then I'm also a nutrition coach. It's like I was doing all the things and trying to put myself in a box. Um, exactly. And then like you said, being made to feel wrong about being so interested in all of it. Yeah. And like feeling like you have to choose just one thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When your magic is not in choosing just one thing, it's just being like, oh, you know what? Like I'm actually all these things and I need this level of stimulation and excitement to like, um, to be successful. And my biggest shadow would be in not pivoting quickly enough. Mm-hmm. And so really kind of honoring like when to move away from something and onto the next one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, could you go into a little bit of like the distance difference between like wisdom and shadow and like kind of what it means kind of on a high level in case someone is like, what does it mean to be in a shadow? What does it mean to be in wisdom? And then from there, I kind of want to segue into uh, one of the energy centers. Ooh, okay. So, um, shadow and wisdom, you know, 
how I use that, those are not like human design terms. I think that like there with our design, there are so many ways in which we can kind of be in the high expression of it, which means we're kind of really taking advantage of that part of our design and like living into our potential. And then there are a lot of areas in which we could be the shadow in the shadow of it, which is like, we are often kind of maybe overwhelmed by other people's energy. We're not living in our design. We're kind of just like in a low expression of it. And so the idea is that when I share with people their shadow and the wisdom of different aspects of their design, it really is a tool to kind of surface it and bring it to the awareness so they can make sure that they're not living in the shadow because they know what it is and kind of orient more towards the wisdom. Mm -hmm. I use it specifically and especially in the flow workshop we did when we talk about the energy centers because in human design there are nine different energy centers. They're either going to be colored in or white. Colored in means it's where you're drawing your energy from. White means it's where you're taking in energy from other people and in all of those centers you will have a potential shadow or potential wisdom and so those are really potent areas to look at to be like am I really taking advantage of that aspect of my design or am I just more be maybe more overwhelmed by everyone else's stuff and not fully leveraging it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and something that I learned from you is that you said the open and defined, they each have their own wisdom and shadow. Cause I think like my yes. initial thought was, Oh, like why are all these white? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I immediately thought that like the white and the open meant that it was a shadow, but there's actually wisdom and a shadow to each one. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I, and I love the flow workshop because often with my blueprint offering and sessions, we'll always go through those open centers because those are so key, but often like it takes another session. Like, it's just like, we don't always get to go into all the defined centers because, and it's so fun to go through those too, because those are like so powerful also in understanding the shadow and the wisdom. Yeah. Um, I literally, like my arm was really sore the next day. I don't know if okay, I- Okay, you were writing so much. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> I was writing so, so feverishly. I was writing. I know. I remember that. I like strained my arm. (laughs) I know. We should have recorded it. Yeah. Um, It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of information, you know, intention is never to overwhelm people, but again, just like having that stuff in your toolbox. So you can always kind of go back to it when you're ready to explore more. Mm -hmm. I love it. So a lot of my audience, um, they have been either former professional competitors or they've been kind of dieting their whole lives. And really kind of the core wound and kind of the core belief that we all have is that we are not good enough and we feel very unworthy. Um, And I'm so open and honest to my audience about like my shadow. And um, with that one, it's the ego. Am I I right? The the spleen? Yeah, the ego. No, you're right. The ego. And then which one is that on the, on the um, chart? So if you're looking at the chart, it's going to be the little triangle that's off center. Everything else kind of like makes sense together, except for this like little off center thing. Yeah, so it's small. Exactly. And if it's colored in, it will be red. If it's, you know, open, it's white. Okay, cool. And then could you share with us the shadow and wisdom of it being open and of it also being um, defined? Yes. So the shadow, if, so if it's open, it basically means that you have a little bit of an inconsistent sense of self-esteem and willpower, which means like sometimes you might feel amazing about yourself and other times less. So sometimes you might have the willpower to do things, other times not so much. So the shadow is just like insecure, unworthy. It's like feeling the need to kind of prove yourself and like just make promises that you can't keep like overcommitting to things, overcompensating just to prove that you're worth and prove that you can do it. The wisdom is honestly, it's a level of security where it's like, yes, you might observe the vacillations, but you're not getting lost in them. And honestly, it's knowing that you've got nothing to prove Mm. and like not letting that desire to prove, prove be your guide 
Mm-hmm. And so just like always using that as a filter. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one if you have it defined. I use arrogance and confidence. Those are my words. You know, I think that like the idea is that the shadow would be a little bit more arrogant. The wisdom would be more confident. And the idea is that when it's defined, it's like you might have this like very kind of natural sense of self-esteem and motivation that comes from like making promises, keeping promises, just like this very kind of powerful motivation that you have. But the shadow is a little bit of arrogance because it's this powerful sense of self-esteem. And if you expect other people to meet you there, keep up with you or place unrealistic expectations on others, whereas the confidence is just like you build trust by doing what you say and just kind of have this very strong sense of self-esteem, but don't really expect people to kind of keep up with you in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, I always say that there's a really thin line between confidence and arrogance. And I think many women who might have this area defined don't want to come off as arrogant. Yes. You know, but it's actually, well, in your design, like you actually are confident and you can be confident. Totally. And like, and you, yeah, you want to show up with that power. And the magic of that defined center is that you can kind of make people believe that anything's possible in your energy. Like I always use the example of Tony Robbins who has this defined, which means that like, who's like, you know, a big motivational speaker hosts these big events where you like walk on coals. And the idea is that when you're in his energy, it's like, I can do anything. Uh-huh. You know, but then you might pull out of his energy and be like, I don't know if I can do all the things, you know? And so like, it's just like, I think that there's like this possibility that you kind of lend to people in your presence. And a lot of exercise teachers have this defined because again, like you go to their class and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to just bike. I'm going to cycle. I'm going to do it all. Then you might walk away and be like, mm, not so much anymore. But again, it's just like, you can kind of leverage our energy for those periods of time. So it's such a gift, but again, knowing how to do it in a way that you don't necessarily expect other people to kind of keep up with you in the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. What I really like that you said is that um, for those who have it open, so if it's white, um, that you are not here to prove a thing. And I know definitely for a lot of my audience, a lot of us are high achievers, we're ambitious, we're driven, and we also want to help everyone. <laughs> it's like we want to be all the things for everyone. And, you know, a lot of these women are recovering people pleasers. I mean, I was one definitely for sure. Uh, what would be kind of like your advice to these women who really want to step into um, either a role of leadership, they want to be a leader in their community, they want to step up and be an entrepreneur, they maybe want to be a coach, but they really struggle with that feeling of unworthiness and having an inconsistent self-esteem. Yeah. So I think that like often those open centers are the areas where we're not meant to make decisions from. Mm. And so my recommendation is to kind of connect to what your true decision-making authority is. Like for you, it's your sacral, it's your gut response, which means that like, if your gut is giving you a yes towards something, like even if you get lost and like, oh my God, am I enough? Like, it's just like making sure that that's not the motivator. Like the gut's got to be the thing that's driving you. And Mm -hmm. so I think that open ego is a thing to observe, but really lean into that authority and like, let that really be your true driver. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be the piece because again, it's like, even, you know, I know this one and like, I have it open. It's not like I don't have that vacillation. I do all the time. I'm like, well, I was amazing yesterday. Why do I feel so like doubtful today? But like, now that I just have a framework around it, it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? Where it's like allows them to not get lost in it quite as much. One other piece I would share with that open center is when people have it open, there can be sometimes a tendency to like ask for like, not enough money or like to not really ask for to be paid what you're worth. And so just knowing that that's a tendency too, to kind of really like um, maybe ask for what you're uncomfortable with, or even running it by a few people around you to kind of make sure you're asking for what's appropriate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Perfect segue. When you mentioned the authority um, on the chart, it says it at the top, right? It's called inner authority. authority. Awesome. And then could you kind of go into that with the different, so mine is sacral. 
Mm-hmm. So the authority is basically how you're meant to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And none of us are meant to make decisions by like creating a pro con list and being like, okay, like, should I do this or this? Like it all kind of comes internally and from our body and in some way. Um, and so there are people that are emotional and mm-hmm. this can be true for any type except for reflectors. And it basically means that, yes, you might have a strong gut response or you might have a strong intuition, but you basically aren't designed to make decisions in the moment. It's really healthy for these people to kind of really give themselves time to feel into things and sleep on things before they commit. Because the idea is that they have no clarity in the now. And the now, their clarity really comes with time. And so like they're not meant to make decisions on the higher the level of an emotional way, but over time, like give themselves a couple of days and be like, I'm still excited. Okay, let's go for it. There's some people that are sacral like you, which means that you're designed to make decisions in the moment based on what you feel in your gut response. Mm-hmm. It often can be like an excited buzz in your stomach, an uncomfortable knot. It's like your body opening up towards something or kind of shutting down. And the idea is that you're meant to trust that kind of visceral gut response in the moment, even if like you have no idea where it's taking you. And your gut is like not a thing that you can rationalize or make sense of. It's like this thing feels right or it doesn't. And like really letting that be enough. Um, before I move on to the other ones, do you want to share any about like, do you feel connected to your gut response? Like, do you think that's a driver for you? How does that one show up in your life? So for me, it's been uh, so much better. And I think like the reason why I'm so drawn to human design is because when I was in the bodybuilding space and when I was dieting all the time, we actually learned to break trust with our body because we're following a meal plan. We're following macros. We work out when we're tired. We can't eat when we're hungry. And so you lose a lot of body trust. You lose the ability to tune in with what your body is saying. And so when I learned about human design and I learned, oh, I'm actually supposed to not fix my problems with my brain, which like, you know, from like the competition industry, all you do is follow a plan. It's like your coach tells you when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. Mm. Um, Women who are on this kind of dieting cycle and still within diet mentality, they're really looking for someone else to tell them what to do. And so when I learned like, oh, I'm supposed to trust my body, it really um, actually drove me to be like, okay, like I'm really going to work on this and to like hone in on my intuition and learn how my body says yes. And so um, a tool that I started to use last year was I'd close my eyes. So if anyone is a sacral response like me and you're like, what the fuck? I don't know how to listen to my body. Um, Close your eyes. And I like to place my hands on my stomach Um, or you do like one hand on your stomach, one hand on your heart. And then you just ask yourself a series of questions. So I would ask myself like, like profound yes and then profound no. And I would Mm -hmm. tune in and see like, where is the answer coming from my body? And for me, like I found that yeses were in my heart and then no's were in my stomach. And so like, yeses were higher and no's were lower. And so that's how I learned to tune into my gut response. So mm-hmm. much better now, but I know a lot of people struggle with that because they don't even know how to trust totally. their gut to tell them if they're hungry or not. You know what I mean? 100%, you know, and it really takes practice to just like hear what it's telling you and then to trust it when it comes. Mm-hmm. And I love you kind of going through your own investigative process to see what's really true for you because like, it really is just like, it takes some practice. It's often not how any of us have been designed to make decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to look up another piece of your design that might speak to that, but maybe we'll look at it later. But I think that like, so the gut is a big piece. Um, then we have people that are splenic and splenic is around their intuition. Intuition is different than the gut response. Intuition yeah. is just like a quiet knowing. It just like, just like this whisper that you hear, just like a resonance with something like tingles that you feel. And it just like is very spontaneous. It like shows up and then disappears as quickly as it comes. So the people that are intuitive or splenic, their work is to basically get quiet enough to hear their intuition and then just be courageous enough to act once they do. Uh There are 
people that are what we call ego decision makers. And this means that they're really meant to make decisions based on whether or not they really have the willpower or the fortitude to do something. Mm-hmm. So always ask themselves, like, do I really have the willpower and the fortitude to do this thing? But also to be a little bit selfish in their decision making, to like really make decisions that like truly take care of them and take care of their needs. Um, there are some people that are meant to verbally process, just say things out loud. These people are self-projected, just like surrounding themselves by people that they trust and just letting themselves talk. And like their knowing is like basically needs to be given voice. And then when they hear it, they're like, oh, that's true for me. Um, There's some people that are mental projectors. So they also need to speak things out, but also be in environments that feel good when they do it. And then the most kind of unique and wild one is for reflectors. And they're really designed to kind of give themselves a full 28 to 30 days before they make a big decision. Oh my gosh. Kind of need a, I don't know. I don't think we had a reflector in our group, but like they just really need to like sample all the different options to know whether it's right. And I feel like I so often I'm like, that's crazy. That's wild. How do they do that? But like most reflectors I talk to so identify with that. And they're like, sometimes I need multiple cycles. So like the key thing for them would to not would be to like not be in positions where they're kind of being pressured or like hurried to make decisions, but to kind of really take their time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the human design chart, would reflectors have mostly white open centers? Completely. Oh. So what makes a reflector? So if you look at that chart, you'll see again most of us have certain centers that are colored in, certain centers that are white and open. Reflectors have every single center white and open. Interesting. Yeah. That is so interesting. So that's probably why it also takes them longer to like kind of tune in with themselves because they can take in everyone else's energy because everything's totally. white. Oh. exactly and they've got to just kind of sample things from so many different angles to like actually get that knowing that like oh my god yes this is right for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh that's so cool um yeah. you want to go into um the profile yeah so mine <laughs> talk about yours yeah, yeah so um so with the profiles there are 12 different profiles in human design and the profiles are kind of how we're really here to manifest our purpose um and they're comprised of 12 different numbers but they're sorry of six different numbers but there are 12 combinations so like you know you're three five but like if someone's a one three or a three six like that three piece is still going to be key Mm -hmm. um and so the profile says for anyone who's a three in their profile like you Mm -hmm. it basically means like so much of your process is meant to be through trial and error you're really here to kind of learn things through making mistakes like not getting it right the first time like bumping into things like it's just like really giving yourself permission to operate in that way like in some ways there's like no such thing as a mistake for you because like it's really just like how can i glean as much wisdom as possible from this experience and like moving on to the next one I think that like these people can be so valuable to follow on social media to read their books because they're like, I literally tried everything. I'm saving time for you because like these are the things that work. These are the things that don't. So just knowing that you are as like much here to discover all the things that don't work as you are here to discover all the things that do, you know? And so kind of really trusting that part of your process. And again, really like allowing yourself to make mistakes rather than be like, I've got to get it all right. I've got to be perfect. And surrounding yourself by people that also honor that part of your process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like you do that? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Aaron doesn't know my story. So Aaron, I like did all these competitions. I, um, coached myself. I had coaches. I did it all the ways that were wrong. I developed disordered eating from it. Like it was like all this stuff. And so I really feel that like, I'm here to help those who, you know, perhaps want to do a competition and, and a book that I'm putting together is a uh, myths and like, okay, these are all like the red flags. If you find that your coach is asking you to do steroids, if you find that your coach is asking you to, um, do two cardio sessions a day, like those are red flags that you need to get away from and stay away. Yes. From. So like yes. the resources for those women who still want to compete, cause I can't stop them from doing it. 
Um, but like this podcast, everything that I've created is a result of me going through all these trials and tribulations and learning from it. Um, you know, even just getting the disordered eating habits from competing, it's like now I teach people how to move out of that. So literally my life. (laughs) No, I love it. It's just such a good example where it's just like, I've gone through this myself. I've been in the messiness of it, the chaos of it. And like, because of that, I've gleaned so much wisdom and like, and that just is like a thing that people can trust. So just like seeing your process is more like just like a, how can I glean as much wisdom as possible from each step of this rather than like, oh my God, I made a mistake here. It's like, no, these things have all been so essential for my process. Mm, And then you also have a five in your profile. And the five is basically all around kind of being like a natural problem solver and fixer and leader. And like, but the thing is you're really here to like come in, offer solutions no one has thought of, and then like check back out. You're like not meant to be in there like solving things, fixing everyone's problems all day long like you do with clients. You know, you go in, solve their problem for the hour, whatever you talk to them and then like step back out. Like that's a much better dynamic. And I think the thing for you to be aware of is that there can be such a tendency for those who have a five. So that could be a five, one, a five, two, that people can project a lot of things onto you. Mm. They can project like maybe a coach, you know, project that you're this thing or this thing. And like for you to kind of know yourself well enough to only say yes to the projections that truly feel correct to you Mm. and not kind of construct your identity by based on like what other people are seeing in you, but also just like, again, knowing yourself well enough to be like, that actually doesn't feel aligned and that actually doesn't totally feel like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I that love makes sense. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything you've shared and all the stuff that I've read with you, like doing, so you guys, I did the blueprint. I did the session. I did the flow. Yeah. <laughs> about everything she could. <laughs> I literally did it all. And I went to the talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so so I'm good. Three right now. I did all the things yeah. to you. Um, 100%. It has just brought me so much. I, it sounds so cliche, but kind of like permission to be myself. Um, no, no, that's exactly it. Like permission to be authentic. Um, when I realized that like with the open ego center, it's like, wow, no, like my wisdom is to be secure. Like I can be content. I can be secure. It gave me so much permission to just, to just allow myself to do so. Um, and to, you know, um, do more work on the stories, do more work on my limiting beliefs, um, do more shadow work on really figuring out what is my inner child saying? What does she need? Why, why are these unworthy stories like kind of still there? So, um, I highly recommend diving like deep into all of this um with Aaron of course <laughs> and right now you're actually doing well your blueprints are always available right so what's like the best always available. yeah the first step is the blueprint so the first yeah I think that like you know depending on what you feel drawn to a lot of people get the blueprint first which is just like a 30 page pdf on your unit designs that covers like all the pieces we've talked about today and so much more and that's just kind of like a written resource that you can keep returning to it's like I have people that are like two years later I'm like still looking back at it and new stuff is coming out every time so it's kind of like just your operating manual and then I do individual sessions and so that's like an opportunity to kind of dive deeper into all of it but also really just like discuss how it's showing up in your life and like because I think a lot of people need to talk through it and like kind of just like bring up the specific elements that are in their life so they can kind of make it super actionable um and then the flow I don't operate offer consistently I like love the in-person so right I'm just like offering it when I come to cities um but I do I have that online so that's you know TBD mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yay that's so cool um so last but not least I would love to go into the eating around your human design because I, I heard you mention this on a podcast one of your podcasts that I mentioned on um could you explain that like <laughs> I can't remember which one it was but you briefly mentioned it yes 
So we all have different ways of eating in human design. And it's often not the first piece that I go into only because it can be a little bit like, if you're not mastering the other elements of your design, it might feel like a little bit more confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really is just like so useful. And so I, I do bring it up when it's when people ask for it but the idea is that there are so many different elements around eating but it's basically not about like what you eat and more about the conditions under which you eat it um and so there are some people that need a little bit more consistency in their meals meaning that like they should wake up have breakfast like you know have lunch have dinner like whatever it is like just they need that food they kind of feed their brain like their brain needs a lot of intake or some people can be more inconsistent some people can like fast really easily like just only eat when they're hungry only drink when they're thirsty they don't need that same level of consistency for me that gave me so much permission as an inconsistent person um where it's just like i'm often not hungry till like 11 or 12 and i'd be like oh i need to eat it's like i just like trust my body to know when is the right time to consume so that's the first layer. And if you actually look at your design and look at those like four arrows around, the top arrow will be facing left or facing right. So the left one is consistent and the right one is inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other elements that you actually can't see when you look up your chart because it's kind of in a different layer, a different software. Um, but there are some people, just to give you context of honestly how weird it is and how wild it is, like some people are meant to eat one food at a time. Basically what that means is that like if they have a plate, like you know, rather than be like, I'm going to have a stew or I'm going to have pizza or like, I'm going to have a soup with all these different veggies. It would be like, I'm going to eat the broccoli and then I'm going to eat the fish, you know, and then I'm going to eat the like quinoa, whatever it is. It's like, they kind of need to like fully consume one thing and then move on to the next. Um, so food combining. Yeah. This is not a good thing for them. Yeah, I I mean, food combining obviously like speaks to just like the different things that work together. Mm -hmm. I think that like this one for them would be less around like you can't eat like fruit and fish, but more like just finish the fish before you eat the fruit, you know, like one at a time. Yes. And also eating things that are really pure and like one ingredient. And it's like how people kind of use to eat. Um, So both my arrows are pointing left. Okay. So this one is not actually around the arrows, um, but I can look yours up. Um, So then there are some other people that are all around. It's just like, honestly, they need consistency when they eat. So just kind of eating things that are just like eating the same meal every day is great. I was just with a client this morning and she's like, my husband eats like the same thing every night. I like want him to eat something more healthy, but it just always works for him. So it's just like these people like just need consistency. It's not about eating like super exotic food, like local food. Like they can maybe adjust with the seasons a little bit, but they're so discerning about what they eat. They like really should not eat anything that doesn't taste good mm-hmm. or isn't to their taste and just kind of like eat the same thing day after day that's so healthy for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are other people where it's all around the temperature. And so it's good for them to consume a lot of liquids, but they're meant to kind of eat either food that's like above body temperature. So like, you know, eating things like right off the stove or like um, hot tea. Um, And then the other side of that is some people need food below body temperature. So like drinking more smoothies, right? I know it's just so wild, but like somehow it just makes sense to people. And often they're doing it intuitively. Um, So like, you know, the person who's like designed to eat things above body temperature, like if they're like on a mostly raw diet, like that's going to be a little bit more challenging for them. Um, and then there are some people, this one is mine where it's all around kind of the activity where some people need kind of really calm environments. So like a restaurant is going to probably be a little bit more challenging for them. It's good not to eat with people that kind of bring your energy up. And then some people like me, I was so resistant is that like, it's good for me to kind of be in like a disturbing environment where there's like a lot of like energy. And I used to like, you know, in New York, like eat when I was walking or like do things, but like, I actually need like activity around me. And it's so 
funny because it's also around how we digest information. And like, you know, I've been working with human design for five years, but like often, like I would just like, I'm commuting a little bit less now, but like when I would commute, I would just like have human design in my ears and just like listen as I was always on the move. Like that's how I was always digesting the information. So it's like, I was just kind of like on the subway or around people. And that's such a good way for me to take in information. But like, you know, these are such opposite people. Like the person that needs little activity, like might, you know, be like, yeah, I'll sit at the dinner table with you, but then I'm like going to go eat <laughs> my own room by myself, you know? Um, there's some people, it's all around sound. There are two more. Some people are all around sound. So some people kind of need quiet, um, just like, you know, noise canceling headphones, just like restaurants might be a little bit more challenging. And some people then need sound, like need kind of like, you know, music or restaurants. Yeah. And like, and it's so funny because one of my clients, like, has a two-year-old and he has this, this, um, configuration. And whenever he's eating, he's literally like, mom, like turn on the radio. And she's like, why? You know what I mean? But now she's like, oh, he just like needs sound. So like, we know these things intuitively. And the last one is all around light. And so some people are kind of meant to eat in the daytime. So like when there's like sunlight, like even eating by the window, eating outside can be super useful for them. Um, And then some people are meant to eat like after the sun goes down, which is so crazy because again, there's so much out there like, you know, eat by 6 p.m. Like, but these people are are kind of meant to eat light during the day and then eat their big meal at night. And I've had a number of clients have this and it's just so interesting because like once they start doing that, they feel so much better, but they actually are like, wow, I like never really fully allowed myself to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you went into all this because this is the number one thing that I get from, from clients and just from my community. It's like, well, how do I eat? Like, how do I yes. eat again? Because so many of us have one been either conditioned to think that a certain diet is best. So whether that be paleo or keto or vegan or raw um, macros, like tracking macros. I mean, I would take my scale to the restaurant and I would weigh out my food. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like that obsessive. And, um, I never gave myself permission to just like eat the way I really wanted to eat. And so I love that you brought this up, especially all those different configurations. Cause I think we need to take responsibility. And I tell my clients this all the time, become a detective, become responsible, figure out what works for you. The way that mm-hmm. I eat, I eat the same thing every day. That's mm-hmm. not going to work for you. So no, I'm not mm-hmm. going to make you a meal plan because you're not going to want to eat the way that I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So I hope that this is giving everyone permission to finally throw away the diet, throw away the meal plan, like get intuitive and really learn to see like what works best for them. 100%. And like, again, even if you're like, I don't know what mine is, like, we can always go into it in a session or something else, but I just think it's really being like, oh, how I like need to eat and the conditions might be super different than the people around me. And that's perfect. Yeah. You know? And like, and even as a manifesting generator, like you're here to be so lit up. Um, yours is interesting because I know that we you had a range of time in which you were born. And this yeah. is an aspect of your design that changes pretty frequently. Okay. So I can share yours. Like I'll share yours for 3 a.m. But like, who knows? Because it could actually change if it was anywhere at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. But the one that I, what'd you say? My mom doesn't know when I was born. I know. Oh, and this is the piece that is so interesting where it's just like, it is that that one changes really specifically. So the one that I do get when I look it up is all around kind of eating with like low sound. Mm -hmm. So not like a lot of not eating at like restaurants or with like a lot of noise around you, but more like in quiet, like it's probably good for you to take your meals alone or just Mm -hmm. like with noise counseling headphones, just like things that kind of really calm you down rather than kind of like amp you up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's definitely me. I like, I always eat at home and like we eat dinner at the dinner table. 
Like I don't yeah. have phone. I'm not distracted. Yeah. Exactly. You're just like, I'm here, you know? Um, it was so funny. The founder of human design had this and he was always like, he would like had all these kids and he would like sit at the dinner table with them. And then he'd be like, I'm going to go in the other room and eat by myself. Oh my <laughs> God. Good to know. <laughs> which like not, and you know, not always encouraging that, but like, again, there's so many ways that we can play with it. Yeah. But it's just like, and it's really just like how to operate in a way that our digestive system is optimal and able to kind of process the food that we're putting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, it's just good to know too, because then it's kind of like, okay, in the future, if like my circumstances change, I mean like, right, we're going to have children and babies and everything is so loud and noisy. And then if I can just remind myself, oh, okay, if I'm not feeling my best because I'm like eating with other people or there's all this noise and stuff around me, let me try this and then see if I feel better. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think that's like the biggest thing I want people to walk away with. And like Erin says this all the time. So I'm just repeating her words. This is not a belief system. She's not like trying to like make you believe anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all about like experimenting. And that's literally mm-hmm. how I live my life. So that's why I love mm-hmm. this. Right. And you're like the grand experimenter with your three in your profile. But yes, I love that. It really like it is, it can be such an empowering system because it's really about kind of giving people the tools to experiment in their own life and see what works for them. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, this is you, good luck. It's more just like, this is like your configuration, but like work with it, play with it, like see what shows up when you really align with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's so perfect for people like me and people who kind of like really resonate with my story because so much of my life I have been looking for other people to tell me what to do I've been looking for like you know and I'm a great student so it's like you tell me what to do and I'll do it 110% which is like why I thrived in like the competition space so um, learning this and then being like okay like I have the opportunity to really like figure myself out and see what I want and see what I like mm-hmm. um, and it's like the name of this podcast is it's like this is our journey to our highest self and like we can't mm-hmm. get there unless we give ourselves the permission to not listen to other people to tune into our intuition to like do the deep work and also like use some of these tools and these modalities um, I love Enneagram I don't know who the Enneagram is mm-hmm. but uh, I love the Enneagram. I love like all these personality type tests because it's as weird as it sounds, it's given me permission to just like break out of the mold and really totally. who I want to be, which is like, mm-hmm. has been actually a struggle for me. I'm only 29. So it's like, okay, I'm glad I caught this now. Mm-hmm. Totally. And just again, like as a manifesting generator with that three in your profile, it's just like, you're not really meant to just be one thing. So like allowing yourself to like keep adapting and pivoting your energy based on what lights you up in the moment. And like, as you've done in your life and just like the experimentation might wear off at some point where you might not be, you know what I mean? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I have a little bit more wisdom about like what to experiment with and what not to, but like you're in that process of just being like, I'm going to just play and practice with all the things and see what shows up when I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So cool. I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. Um, well that's like all the questions I had for you. Is there Is there any kind of like final thought or just like a wrap up? Like what would you really love for people to take away from this? You know, I think like exactly what you said before is that I think for so long, we've been looking for authority outside of ourselves in terms of teachers and guides and gurus. And like, obviously those people serve a tremendous purpose, but I think what's magical about human design is that it basically like supports each person and kind of tapping into their own inner authority in a way that's consistent and reliable for them every single time. And so just like at the very least, if you're going to dive into your design, just like understanding how you're meant to make decisions. So you can kind of like, rather than turning outward, really kind of turn inwards and like, let that really be your guide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. That actually 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and also know that your path is going to look so different than the people around you. You're going to build a business differently. You're going to market differently. You're going to eat differently. And so like allowing the uniqueness of it and not trying to like fit in because like the magic is that you're actually just totally different. Ah, oh my goodness. You see why I'm obsessed with her, you guys? (laughs) It's like all the things I needed to hear. I was like, oh, so good. Um, One other thing that you had told me that I want to share with the audience is that we're not meant to make decisions with our mind. Like we're meant to make it with our inner authority. And Mm -hmm. it kind of blew my mind when you told me that. Um, For me specifically, like I think it's, is it the open mind, the open Anja? Yeah, it's the defined mind or the open head that you have and the defined mind. And the defined mind. It's like, oh, my brain is brilliant. It processes information really great. Um, I can fix other people's problems, but I'm not actually meant to fix my own problems with my own mind. Exactly. And like, and we have a, a distinction in human design between our inner and outer authority. Inner authority being your gut response, the thing that you can rely on to make decisions for yourself every single time. Outer authority being your mind. That's how you're going to offer inspiration for other people, but you're really not here to use your mind to solve all your own issues. So like if you find yourself giving reason for a decision, like, oh yeah, I should launch this because, you know, my audience like asked for it and, you know, maybe it will generate revenue. It's just like, it's a different thing. And then being like, oh my God, I'm just in it. Like my gut is yes. And I've got to just follow it. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. I'm so excited for this year. You know, just by everything that's going on, I just, I have such a great gut feeling about, um, the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But just like what I feel is when these women wake up, when they throw away the diet, when they throw away like this, this like unrealistic expectation to, to look a certain way. And when they give themselves permission to just be authentically who they are, they're going to wake up and they're going to became, become change makers, CEOs, business owners, moms. Like I'm just, I just think that the world is going to be such a better place when all of these women who have been like, you know, waiting for the perfect time to change, just give themselves mm-hmm. permission to change right now. And I just 100%. The human design, I, I don't know. I, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Like when you finally make your course, I'll be the first person to buy it. <laughs> I can't wait. You're so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. So um, one last question and then let us know where we can find you. Um, but for you, what does it mean to be your highest self? I think being my highest self is... Honestly, just being like so grounded, and this is why I love human design, just being like so grounded in who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just like feet on the ground. Like this is who I am. This is what I bring to the world. It's always going to be changing. But like when I start looking outward or comparing myself, it's just like hard to like stand in that. So I think just being so rooted in what makes me me and always kind of exploring that. Um, and also just trusting my uniqueness, like trusting that just like I bring a different thing to the table and like my work is to lean into it and not like away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's Those are awesome. the big pieces. Amazing. Yeah. She's a projector, you guys, in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, so where can we find you? Where do you like to hang out? So I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So Erin Claire Jones on Instagram. My website is erinclairjones.com. Um, and then if you want the blueprint or the session, all that stuff is on my website and on my Instagram. Perfect. And I'll have all of it linked below. Jump in on that right now. And then uh, we can discuss everyone's design inside the secret Facebook group. Um, Mm -hmm. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Erin. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, Such a pleasure. All right. Well, if you guys love this episode, make sure you take a screenshot, put on your story and tag us both and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. I hope you're all keeping safe and healthy in this environment that we're in. And we're sending you so much love. Thank you. So much love hanging out with us. Don't forget to be your highest self. Bye for now.